You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Cardinals podcast. This episode of Locked On Cardinals is brought to you by Peacock and Williamson, a flagship show here on the Locked On NFL Network. NFL analyst Brian Peacock, former NFL scout Matt Williamson, hosts Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt will give you a national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news, insight on every game, team, move around the league. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday from Peacock and Williamson's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Friday edition of the show, we were excited to be with you, and it's been an exciting week. The schedule was unveiled. We did our full every game prediction. Alex getting flack. I'm getting the ricochet from that somehow. I don't know why the <laughs> hell that's happening. At Locked On AZ Cards on Twitter, at B O B R A C K, and at Clancy's Corner. Just know who you're talking to and who said what on the podcast. I'm Bo. That's Alex. <laughs> Alex, speak for everybody. Yeah, blah, blah, Alex. <laughs> like, I'm the one that said the Carolina Panthers would come into State Farm Stadium next year and beat the Cardinals because it's funny. Everybody's like, no, you're wrong. Do we know for sure? I like, mean, look, we, it is a bad take. I mean, it's a bad take when you're just looking at the teams on paper. The, like the, pan- the, Panthers, it's, it's all- the Panthers are a team that's uh, not big expectations in 2021 like the Arizona Cardinals. If you're looking at the Cardinals – on paper versus the Carolina Panthers. Now we know that's why you play the games. We saw it play out last year. It was a disaster. Probably one of the worst games outside of the Lions loss uh, for the Arizona Cardinals in 2020. No doubt about it. But uh, for it to happen again, will lightning strike twice? Alex Glancy certainly thinks so. Uh, let's look at some projections on this podcast because Mike Clay of ESPN, who's pretty accurate, I mean... Um, it's interesting. I've got my issues with it, looking at the projections for the Cardinals, stats, you know, snap counts. We'll see how some rookies are projected to do. We'll see if A.J. Green's supposed to bounce back. How does Kyler Murray look going into his third season? We'll get into those projections. But Ryan Cody from 12 News, Cardinals Locker Room, he's going to join us on this podcast. We're going to talk some Cardinals with him. Uh you know, it was fun. We talked to Cheerston earlier this week. We've talked to Cam Cox. We're a big, happy 12 News family. Uh, and we're just getting everybody's thoughts on the schedule because like Clancy has, he has a different look the outlook than you would have, than I would have. And it's just good to kind of get everybody's opinion in one, you know, town hall for the Arizona Cardinals. That's what we feel like we are. We can come and voice our, our pleasure or displeasure or excitement or where we're, you know, skeptical about this Cardinals team going into the 2021 season. Yeah. Uh, it's it, We're a big taking the partnership with Channel 12 and Locked On, so it's it's awesome to get people of our extended family now on here to give their thoughts. They're, I mean, obviously well-versed in the Arizona Cardinals hosting Cardinals locker room. The schedule is polarizing, and as you mentioned, Bo, with Mike Clay, so Mike Clay is the brains behind the fantasy football platform on ESPN, in my opinion. Matthew Berry's the face. Field Yates is the vice president. But whenever you watch Mike Clay on, he has his matchups every weekend, Sunday, of wide receiver versus cornerback, wide receivers you want to avoid, maybe starting your fantasy football lineup um, because of the corner they're going to be facing on the opposing team. He crunched numbers for every NFL team, all 32, giving projections from 
quarterback passing yardage to wide receiver receiving yards and touchdowns to defensive players snap counts and sack totals. And, Bo, let me give you this really quickly. We'll talk about offense in a second. Zayvon Collins, obviously rookie out of Tulsa, 16th overall pick, and Isaiah Simmons. It's going to be very interesting to watch them play off each other all year as two inside linebackers who had never played inside linebacker really before they came to the NFL. I think Zayvon Collins played 88 snaps at Tulsa from the inside of the linebacking uh, core uh, with the defensive set. Mike Clay has Zayvon Collins playing about 8%. He has 932 snaps next year, which is about 80% of the defensive snaps. And he has Isaiah Simmons playing only 800 snaps. So he has the rookie superseding Isaiah Simmons snap count without playing it down in the NFL. Is this much ado about nothing? Or is this something like we've seen Isaiah Simmons, we haven't seen Zayvon Collins, so it's the excitement of the unknown, given Zillin the nod and the snap count. No, or does it not even matter? This is the my big knock on Clay's numbers. There's a kind of an algorithm, and with like previous performance, it's going to be entered into that. And I think Isaiah Simmons, because he was so little used in his rookie season, under forty percent of the snaps, um, that's just going to play a role into it. And yeah, Zayvon Collins, we don't know. You can only go off the projections from college. And that's where this is playing in. This uh, this is my big issue with this entire projection from Mike Clay, who I think he does a relatively good job. But when you look at like Kyler Murray, like he's going off his stats, he's only he's seeing um, a drop as far as touchdown passes. He only has Kyler Murray throwing twenty five touchdown passes, just throwing for over four thousand yards. Uh, he's got him right at twelve interceptions, so only twelve picks for Kyler Murray. And I think his first two seasons, that's what he's he's throwing twelve picks. Um, it's just it's statistical like means and mediums and averages and it all plays into it. There is no like okay this guy he he's rising up. Kyler Murray we should see a little uptick in his production. If not, something's seriously gone wrong. And as far as Isaiah I, Simmons, there wasn't a whole lot of production. Yeah, he had like a big pick, he had a sack, had some penalties, he had a couple big tackles, he was burned a couple plays. Like that's all you re- you have a pretty small sample size. So. Him trying to project that out, I think it becomes really tough. Yeah, he has uh, with Kyler Murray. And the interesting part about this is he said this is for the 2021 season, but he doesn't have any players. Like he doesn't have like with Kyler Murray, he has Kyler only playing 16 games. So I don't know if this is a rest game. I don't know if it's for injury in algorithm where you know it's like when you start a fantasy football player and he's um, projected to have 0.6 touchdowns that game. Obviously everything's a projection. It's not going to be in whole numbers. It's going to be in a bunch of averages. Yeah. I mean, the numbers are down. He has Deandre Hopkins only having uh, less than 1400 receiving yards with 113 receptions, less than 10 touchdowns, Uh, Chandler Jones and JJ Watt combining for 16 total sacks. It's just, it's interesting to look inside the mind of somebody smarter than us regarding numbers, do a completely unbiased look, at the projection for the 2021 season for the 17-week Cardinals uh, schedule. Yeah, it's just it's, interesting to look at. It gives us something else, just another barometer of where other people are looking at whatever computer system he he spits this into. Is it uh, is it just strictly fantasy? Is this used for fantasy football? Or is it because it could just well, be, you know, most people play their championship in week 16. So you're getting 16 games of Kyler Murray. Yeah, you know, that's interesting. As I look at it uh, in – on all the way on the right side, it's fantasy football ranks. Yeah. All the way on the right side. He has Kyler Murray as the third ranked fantasy football quarterback in PPR, DeAndre Hopkins, fourth wide receiver. And then all the way to the right, it has weekly score projections, which is interesting where 
the Cardinals, according to Mike Clay, are never less than a 43% or 30. He has them as a 35% chance win probability against Cleveland on the road in week six. But other than that, the lowest one is 43% win probability, which against Seattle a few weeks later. So he's got the Cardinals in a lot in most of these games next year, which is oh, yeah. also interesting. I mean, there's a lot to divulge. There's a lot to digest here. No, absolutely. Uh, just to throw a little bit more shade on you as far as that Carolina game, there's a 74% chance of winning that game. But is it 100? It's 74, cool. 74. So, you know, just about 26% chance for the Panthers to pull off the upset. He does have the Cardinals projected just over nine wins. Um, so it, and that's, a, that's through 18 games or 18 weeks. Let's look at this running back core real quick, because this, this popped wow. out to me because this would be success in my opinion, 627 yards from Chase Edmonds and four touchdowns, 764 yards from James Connor and seven touchdowns. That's some good production, 1300 yards from those guys. Plus you've got 700 yards from Kyler Murray, over 2000 yards on the ground. Eno Benjamin getting a few carries next year. According to uh, Mike, or uh, is it Mike Clay? Mark Clay? Uh, that's a pretty. Mike. That's pretty productive. I would like that. That would actually work out, in my opinion, as far as the running back rooms concerned. If they put up those types of numbers. Yeah, I mean it's. If it's that anything committee, close, I mean anything close to last year, you know. Yeah. I mean, if you can get replication from the from what Kenyon Drake did last year, with just a little bit more opportune time diving over the goal line when you're in first and goal and not having to go to fourth and goal from the seven because, you know, Kyler already had a rollout or Andrew, Andy Isabella had a botched end around. J- James Conner is going to be able to put up close numbers close to what Kenyon Drake did last year. James Conner is a grinder. Kenyon Drake is a home run hitter. He has that ability that James Conner just doesn't. But if you ask me, regardless of what Conner's numbers were last year, who is going to average more yards per carry this year? It's going to be James Conner, in my opinion. Carry in and carry out. I and don't not, know. He's, those home runs, I mean, Kenyon Drake had what? The 70-yard touchdown run against Dallas, right? He has the ability to up his averages by these home run numbers that completely counterbalance what he does on the true carry-by-carry moments, you know? Well, here, here's my biggest concern as you make the transition from Kenyon Drake to James Conner is the speed. You lose a ton of speed. Is I mean, especially when you look at a zone rushing attack where you're, you're, trying to, you're attacking the corners of, of the offensive line. So that's my, that's my biggest concern because James Conner coming out of Pittsburgh was a 4-6 guy. Kenyon Drake was one of the fastest runners with the ball in his hand last year he ran like around 22 miles per hour is insane and he's now a Las Vegas Raider so it's going to be interesting to see how like your uh, more traditional between the tackles back looks in the air raid Cliff Kingsbury offense next season we're going to switch some gears we're going to talk some more Arizona Cardinals 2021 schedule our guy Ryan Cody 12 news is going to join us next it's Bo, it's Alex. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockdownAZCards, at B-O-B-R-A-C-K, and at Clancy's Corner. Did you know that Cliff Kingsbury is plus 3,300 to win the NFL Coach of the Year? Probably lighting money on fire if you bet on Cliff to win that. But bet online, you can get that action. It's the fast, easiest way to get on all your sports action. Baseball season in full swing. You can track all the action at bet online. Lots of action here. 
Get all the latest news, odds, and info, all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop, your cell, and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as your teams prep for their playoff runs. Head to the website, betonline.ag. Use your mobile device, sign up today, receive your 50% welcome bonus with the promo code locked on on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Use the promo code locked on. All right, we're back here. We're streaming live. You can catch us during the 10 o'clock hour each and every weekday here on Locked On Cardinals. It's our pleasure to bring in one of our 12 news friends, Ryan Cody. You recognize him, of course, from Cardinals Locker Room. And then, of course, uh, 12 news. Ryan, what's going on, man? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, fellas. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for talking Cardinals even all year long. We really need it. Yeah, of course. What was your initial reaction? Let's let's talk primetime games because okay. I, I really feel like the Arizona Cardinals, especially when you stack them up against the rest of their division mates, all the NFC West teams outside of the Cardinals had five primetime games. The Cardinals just get three. Not Nothing to kind of like turn your nose up at, but I felt like there was some disrespect, especially after the big names that they've added this offseason. Yeah, I mean, you could look at it that way. But, you know, in, in the end, this isn't college football. In college football, you need those primetime games to get recognized. You know, when it comes down to it, wins and losses are the only thing that matters. So if you want to feel disrespected as a Cardinals fan or as the Cardinals fine, use it as motivation. But in the end, it, it won't matter. If the record is what the record is supposed to be, you're going to make the playoffs. You're going to get the recognition. You're you're going to have a great season. It's not college. That stuff matters in college football. It really does. But I don't see it as being a problem. The other thing, too, is that Christmas slot is awesome. Uh, to have Christmas night, everybody watches that game. And if they perform well in that game, you're going to have a lot of people uh, jump jumping on board, too, because that's towards the very end of the season. And we're going to know whether or not you know they're in contention, at least by that point. Ryan Cody, uh, listen, at Ryan Thomas Cody, is that a true – um, primetime game, though? Are we walking into Winter Wonderland to a primetime game just because it's at night? It's a damn Saturday game. It's a, it's it's. If it were three primetime games, like a Sunday night game, a Thursday and a Monday, it would feel more primetime than Santa Claus and Cardinals in unison on a game at night on a Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm just talking for myself, but I know uh, on Christmas night, I don't care if Christmas is on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's Christmas. I'm going to, you know, have a day with my family and I'm going to watch football. And that's just the way it is. So I, I, I guess I'm just speaking for myself, but, you know, American football fans here, um, that's just tradition for me. So I'd imagine there's a lot of people feel the same way. I'm just going to have to plan my nap schedule a little bit better on Christmas yeah. Day to make sure I'm I'm good to go come the game that well, evening. Well, it 6.15 Arizona time. <laughs> so, I mean, I get you do the whole presence thing in the morning lunch you gotta have an early dinner maybe around four and you can catch about an hour in before the game yeah yeah Bo just can't drink his apple teenies at 10 a.m like he's used to <laughs> you know on christmas he's gonna have to shift it a little bit yeah yeah, yeah that's okay i mean Absolutely. tradition is tradition so earlier this week alex and i we felt like we identified the toughest stretch of this arizona cardinals schedule and october is rough i mean outside of a game against the houston texans and even on that those there's a two game stretch where they take on JJ Watt, DeAndre Hopkins' former team. 
And then just a couple days later, they're taking on the Green Bay Packers, which is a, you know, it will depend on if Aaron Rodgers is still their quarterback. As, but as of right now, that's reality. Um, wh- where did you see maybe some tough spots in this schedule for 2021? I see it as being pretty difficult right off the bat, honestly, because opponents are opponents. We don't know, you know, in the NFL, we look at we look at who they're playing and you want to say, you know, in the beginning, this is what we do right now. Right. We go, that's a win. That's a loss. You know, maybe that's a win. Um, All the games are hard in the NFL. The parity is incredible. So I look at having to, you know, the conditions you know, the conditions of these games and going to Nashville right off the bat, it's going to be hot. It's going to be humid. That is not the humidity is a whole another ball game. And, and that's something that they probably won't be able to. Obviously, they can't mimic that in practice. So I think that's going to be very challenging. And I know Jacksonville, I mean, Jacksonville sucks, right? Like we, <laughs> we know that right off the bat. But at the same time, Jacksonville that early in the season, what is it? That's a September game, right? So uh, that's something that I would be a little concerned about also we know about the the Nashville game is is an early kickoff and say what you want about putting those demons behind them but that is not something that I am willing to just put to bed at this point based on what we saw last year in Carolina specifically so I actually look at the beginning of the schedule as something that's really tough and then you have to look at the the end too with that Chicago game on the road that's weather that they're not going to be used to um, Chicago, I know, again, say what you want about Chicago, but the conditions do matter uh, to a team that's used to playing in the Valley of the Sun. Uh, it's always been a factor, in my opinion. Ryan Cody, 12 News, joining us here on Locked on Cardinals. Alex Clancy, Bobrock. There's a couple of things that Cliff Kingsbury hasn't done, um, and uh, we're not going to get into depth with that. It's more he hasn't won a game after a Thursday night game, with with the long the long layoff and he hasn't won a game after a bye week, and mm-hmm. the two that we're going to see this now it, it, it's interesting you brought that up with Chicago. I'll talk about that in a second. The game after the Thursday night game against Green Bay is on the road in San Francisco, and then the game after their bye week is on the road in Chicago. Which game is more winnable for this team to get Cliff Kingsbury? off that dumb schneid that winning coaches don't have. Andy Reid doesn't lose after a bye. Bill Belichick doesn't lose after a bye when you have two weeks to prep for the same team. Which game is more winnable for this team, in San Francisco or in Chicago? In Chicago, because of who they're facing, uh, that team has so many question marks right now. And I I look at San Francisco as a team, even though they didn't make the playoffs last year, I look at them as, as a really, really good football team. Uh, going into the season, I would say they're a playoff team. And so I, I think that's more of a winnable game in Chicago just because of the opponent. But they have they have to they gotta win both those games. I, I mean, I look at both of those games as very, very important. Obviously, San Francisco's in division. And they were able to win there last year, but we all know there was nobody in the stands. It was week one. They had the whole off season to get ready for that game. So I would say Chicago to answer your question, but they're both equally as important. And the San Francisco game might be more important if you're just looking at at the standings, right? Because they have to, you got to take care of business in division first and foremost. Would you rather see Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo uh, taking snaps for the Niners? (sighs) Trey Lance, if you're the Cardinals. And that's no disrespect on Jimmy Garoppolo. I I, I think he's a a good quarterback. I'm not really. I'm not the person that jumps on this whole, 
you know, Jimmy G hater bandwagon because the guy was one throw away from winning a Super Bowl with that team a couple of years ago. The reason I say Trey Lance is because one of the greatest parts about the Cardinals defense, I feel like, and Vance Joseph is their ability to scheme and scheme blitzes. And I don't care who you are coming out of college. I don't care if he played four years at the Division One, you know, 1A level, whatever it is they call it these days. Um, going against an NFL mind coordinator that throws blitzes at you like Vance Joseph does, that is going to be hard for a rookie. I would trust Jimmy Garoppolo against a defense like that every day of the week this season. Ryan Cody, 12 News, joins us here on the Lockdown Cardinals podcast. So let's get into uh, the Cardinals' strengths. We kind of talked about it a little bit, but we've been full schedule mode all week long. We want to get Ryan's thoughts on where the Arizona Cardinals' strength is. Let's get into it next. It's Locked on Cards. So I've got my mother-in-law in town. She's in town from Yuma, and uh, I just told her the beautiful news about Built Bar. It's the best-tasting protein bar ever. I told her this. They've got nine delicious flavors, including your limited-time flavors like strawberry. It's unbelievable. When you talk about Built Bar, you definitely have people who are passionate about their faves. Everybody loves the coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate and salted caramel. There's something for everyone. And the best thing about Built Bars is not only are they the best tasting, they're healthy too. Most flavors have 17 grams of muscle-packing protein, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. Order today, and you can get raspberry or mint brownie, or whatever you like. Get a mix box. Figure out what flavor you like the best. Just go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's using the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Streaming live every 10 o'clock hour, Monday through Friday. Bo Brock, Alex Clancy. Make sure you're following along on Twitter, at LockdownAZCards. Follow this guy, at Ryan Thomas Cody. He's a proud Sun Devil alum. You see him on Cardinals Locker Room. You see him on 12 News. And we're happy to have him here on the podcast. And, uh, Ryan, we've been kind of debating this since the draft. And we're trying to identify where the Arizona Cardinals this offseason have really created a strength on this roster. Where do you think that lies, in your opinion? Pass rush. Uh, The pass rush is elite. Uh, I've struggled to think of a better one. Honestly, and if you bring one up, I'm mean, be happy to hear it. But I just think if you have a, a team that added J.J. Watt, who is one of the greatest pass rushers in the history of the game, you could make an argument Chandler Jones belongs in the same sentence. Uh, you're bringing him back. And at the same time, like we're forgetting that Jordan Phillips is on this team as well. And when healthy, that guy is an absolute monster. Who do you double team? Right. I mean, someone's getting double teamed and someone is not. And if, if, if that person is if J.J. Watt is not double teamed, if Chandler Jones is not double teamed, that's a problem. That is a problem for any offensive line. I think that is far and away the number one strength of this team. And, and I do think they're better in a lot of areas. But if if healthy, my goodness, that is a scary thing for an offensive line to have to deal with. See, it's interesting you say that because I I mean, uh, that was the – we talked about that a lot, and I, I I struggled with the fact that if Vance Joseph didn't do what he did after Chandler Jones went out last year with the blitz packages and pass rush that came seemingly out of nowhere, got Hassan Reddick paid, um, got Marcus Golden to come back for a two-year deal, had them 
believing in Isaiah Simmons momentarily from time to time and drafting Zayvon Collins in the interior of the linebacker, you know, as an inside linebacker, would we be thinking the same thing? Is this more about Vance Joseph's foundation for these? There's a lot of question mark, Ryan. I mean, is Isaiah Simmons going to be able to do anything? Is he going to be able to jump up from, from last year? Is Marcus Golden going to be able to replicate getting in the backfield like he did last year after being traded from the Giants? Is Zayvon Collins 6'5", 260, be able to get to the quarterback? And are Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt too old? Like, there's a lot of question marks, but I agree that in the loving hands of Vance Joseph from what he did last year, if, don't you dare, Bo, um, to this year, I agree with you in that regard, but aren't there more question marks with the pass rush than we see on paper at this point? Not, not in my mind. I don't think it has anything to even do with Vance Joseph because I think if you were to put – J.J. Watt or Chandler Jones, from what I've seen in the last couple of years, one-on-one with any offensive lineman in the game, virtually any offensive lineman in the game, I think they're going to win that one-on-one matchup almost every time, nine out of ten times, just based on their skill set, their hands, their technique. I mean, you're, you are definitely talking, in my opinion, you're talking about two Hall of Famers. I mean, we know J.J. Watt, right? I mean, Chandler Jones is about to cement that if he has another couple great seasons. Two Hall of Fame pass rushers on the same team. And, and we all know what offensive lines like to do with guys like that is they double team them, they triple team them if they can. You can't. You just can't. There's not enough. You, you can't play 15 players. You 11 guys hat on hat. Someone is going to be singled up, and they're not going to be stopped if healthy. Uh, obviously, if healthy. Uh, so, no, I don't even think it has anything to do with Vance Joseph, Isaiah Simmons, uh, Zayvon Collins. I think it's all just the the talent level one-on-one of those two guys. And then, again, you like I said, you throw in Jordan Phillips uh, and and Marcus Golden. I, I It's a wrap. I mean, you, the, the sack total, I think, is going to be unbelievable as a whole. I'm not throwing any predictions about individuals, but as a whole – I could see them just tearing up the sack game this year. It's a menacing front seven, that's for sure. A ton of potential there. Um, so with that being said, the strength being that front seven, that that pass rush, what do you what do you view as maybe the biggest obstacle for this Cardinals team to go from eight and eight on the outside looking into the postseason last year to maybe what what stands in front of them and in their way to getting to where they want to go, and that's back to being playing in the playoffs. So I think on paper, uh, it's, a, it's probably a tie between the defensive secondary and the offensive run game. But if you're talking about what's going to get them into the playoffs, I think it's probably the run game on offense. We just don't know anything about it. And what, what makes that offense tick is the ability to run the football. You get every yeah, everyone talks about Kyler Murray and you know how this this fast paced spread offense it doesn't work without the run game. I co- so okay the last job I had was I was working in in Alabama and I covered a lot of Auburn football. So a few years back when they were in the national championship it was by like five six years ago that Gus Malzahn offense it's very similar right. What they would do is they would try and run the football and they would gain if they gained four or five yards on first down. You couldn't stop them. They were going downhill. Then it opened up everything else on the playbook, all right? But if they cannot gain anything on the ground, 
Now you're looking at second and long. Now you're looking at third and six and third and seven, and you just don't convert very many of those in the NFL. It's just the way that Cliff Kingsbury's offense works is if you can't run. And that's why, I mean, as a Cardinals fan, you'll be pulling your hair out with all these short runs that go nowhere and these, these screen passes that go nowhere on first down. And you're like, what in the hell is he doing? That's the only way the offense works. So even though it's frustrating to watch, it has to, they have to keep pounding it. It's the only way the offense goes. Otherwise, you're stuck in cement the whole game. And we saw it all season. We saw it. I mean, all, how frustrating was that? First down. First down was so annoying as a Cardinals fan to watch last year because they'd go nowhere. And then you're looking at third and long and you're screwed. Hey, uh, before I ask my question, Bo, go ahead. Let's round out the week. This is Bo's favorite stat. Oh. I love this stat. This is, I don't know how well known this, like, I'm not making fun. Like, this is his favorite stat to say, I've got my favorite one. I can't remember what it is. What's the favorite stat? It's just Cliff Kingsbury is 10 and 2 as Arizona Cardinals head coach when they rush for 150 yards. It's, I mean, when they pound the Very rock, it's, it's just they establish the run. There's that good run pass balance, and they're dominant when that happens. And I, yeah. I that's, I mean, talking about your frustrations, absolutely. Alex and I are sitting there texting during game days, and we're like, what the heck are they doing? Why are they getting away from the run? It's like they went down like 3 nothing, 7 nothing, Ryan. Like, not insurmountable uh, leads that they're chasing, and they just abandon the run. It's perplexing. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, uh, and you know, the other thing, too, in the NFC, think about the places you might have to go on the road in the playoffs. You know, Green Bay, uh, that's a possibility. We, we talked about that Chicago game late in the season. You don't win those games in bad weather thinking you're going to go throw the ball 40 times. You can't win those games. It's not possible. So if you can't run, you can't win. It's that simple. Yeah, it's true. I mean, we saw a lot of the Chip Kelly Eagles early on offense where they ran 200 plays on offense and they're running around like chickens with their heads cut off. You know, it's we either see that or we see them really try to initiate the run, whether it be through Kyler Murray or otherwise. They're on polar sides, and if they could find a happy medium there, that's what winning teams do. Now, I want to ask this question. I haven't asked Cheerson or Cam this. Um, Cliff Kingsbury's inability to script proper plays to start games to score a touchdown or to get points on the board is a trend now. All mm-hmm. that, like, you have issues with three and out on your first drive – you should have your first 15 or 20 plays scripted for defense you know you're going to play. Am I making too big of a deal out of this? I get in arguments with people on Twitter all the time that I'm making too big of a deal out of it. Shouldn't good head coaches know the correct plays to call against the defense? They know they're going to play that week? The simple the simple answer is yes. You know, you're right. Like they, they absolutely – it was a weird trend to watch. But I go back to what I just said is that I think he had a plan – and it was incumbent on running the football on first down. And they just couldn't do it, and then all of a sudden you have to abandon that game plan because now you're at third and seven instead of third and two. And it changes everything because, yeah, you can have those plays scripted, but you're not going to run that third down play you thought you were going to run if it's third and long. So I think first down is so key, and the run game is so, so key. Uh, I, I you know, I, I do like the moves that they made in the run game, but I really think that this has got to be a year that we see Chase Edmonds become a guy that becomes an NFL household name. And if he can't, I, I just don't think from what I've seen the last few years that of James Conner's durability that he – I don't want to say he can't be that guy. We've seen him be the guy before, but it's been a couple years 
And the one guy who, who I really think needs to step it up is, is Chase Edmonds. We're going to continue that debate, absolutely. Who's the true RB1? We know Cam Cox believes Chase Edmonds is RB1 already. Uh, I'm sure we'll have uh, future conversations with you, Ryan, about it. It's just the first of many. We were excited to get you on for the first time, and we really appreciate it. And it is interesting, like, outside of Kirk, outside of you, you got James Conner, you've got Kyler Murray with his incredible ability to get out and run. Now you've got, uh, you know, uh, Rondell Moore you can enter into the equation. They can come at you from all angles. There's really no excuses at this point for the Arizona Cardinals not to be one of the top, you know, a top 10, top 5 rushing attack in the NFL. You know what? It's been a blast. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have to uh, cut it short just because we we spent too much time already together. But uh, we look forward to future conversations. Ryan, we're looking. When's the next Cardinals locker room we can tune into? So we'll we'll be getting going probably in the preseason. You know, yeah. we have a little partnership with with the team where we put on their preseason games. So we're looking forward to to do that, and we'll probably uh, be able to hopefully, fingers crossed, get in the stadium this year and do some shows from there. So look yeah. for us come August. Awesome. Can't wait for it, man. Of course, follow him on Twitter, at Ryan Thomas Cody. And uh, just just fire tweets coming out from Ryan all the time. All the time. And some of the opinions you heard, it's, it translates to social media as well. Ryan, thanks, man. We appreciate it. Thanks, Ryan. Gentlemen, always a pleasure. Anytime. Ryan Cody, that was uh, that was fun, man. It's it's fun to get yeah. to know uh, some different Cardinals media members. Yeah, I mean, obviously you got a bunch of people that uh, you've been following for years, and now there's like a new wave of people covering this team with really fantastic opinions, thoughts, and how this team can really continue this rebuild and take the next step. Um, and, and Ryan's one of them. Uh, Cheerson earlier this week. I love talking to Cam Cox because he's really like, and Ryan showed a little bit too. Like, no, no filter. It's it's not like we're we're not just you know towing the company line here with the Cardinals. We're we're just an unbiased approach and just kind of thinking where can they, what can this team do? How can they get there? And where we should be skeptical about some things. I'm still pissed off at Cam for saying he wanted Travis Etienne at 16. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Because it's a we just talked about establishing the run for like I six minutes. About that, like, why <laughs> did you throw a pen at Cam Cox during your roundtable after the draft? Unbelievable! What the hell, is Cam Cox thinking? Come We're on. gonna get Cam on next week. Right. I'm gonna ask him that exact question because I'm 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 harboring some animosity, Bo. Yeah. Well, allow me to do it. You can't bitter, be all as docile as you. You're a bitter man. That's that's all it is. I mean, of course you're, you're you harboring you know, animosity. Locked on Cardinals. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked on AZ Cards, at B-O-B-R-A-C-K, and at Clancy's Corner for all those, all that animosity on Twitter. It, it's there, you know too. Me, bro. <laughs> all right. We, uh, we'll talk to you guys on Monday. Have a great rest of your uh, Friday and weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Sweet. Good stuff. Yeah. That was, I mean.